In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sanctify a fast. Today begins the great season of Lent. One of the hallmarks of Lent is that it is a season of fasting. And today, not only do we fast, but we also come and have ashes imposed upon our foreheads as a symbol and sign that we are penitent, that we repent from our sins, and that we also are in need of a reminder that we are indeed mortal and will die one day. Some of this is hard news when we are in the prime of our life. Some of this is also hard news for those of us who are quickly approaching the end of this mortal life. So why do we come today and have ashes put on our foreheads? Why do we come and say that we are sinners and that we are mortal and that we are in need of forgiveness? Well, the first answer and the most important is because it's true. All of that is true. And the second is a little more difficult because each of us has to start our journey during these 40 days from where we are. Eventually, we will all end up at the cross. But the route we take may make its way a little more serpentine because of who we are, where we're starting from, and how we need to go about this journey. And that is what Lent is after all. It is a journey. It is a pilgrimage into the desert. And this is part of the reason why we say that we are in a season of fasting. A season of doing with just a little less because when you go into the desert, you can't take everything with you. You only can take what you need in order to survive. One of the hallmark stories of Jesus, and it's the gospel that we will hear this coming Sunday, is the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness or the temptation of Jesus in the desert. And after the persecution of Christians in the Roman Empire ended in the early 300s, Christians answered the call to live a life of rigor, of fasting and praying and being like Jesus in the wilderness for either a season of life or for the rest of their lives. They literally went into the desert because there, in that place, which seems to be devoid of life and void of sustenance and void of companionship, they could actually work on their own souls. Think of it as a sandblasting of the soul. And that's how we're to approach Lent, as a time to reflect, to blast away things in our lives and in our souls that have become hardened or that weigh us down. So, what do we do after we come here and receive these ashes and then eventually go home and then tomorrow morning comes around and we start the cycle of our daily life all over again? Well, we start with self-examination, particularly of the sins that we commit, and then we sometimes sort of just gloss over them. We don't sugarcoat things in our minds. We take time to be honest with ourselves. 
when I'm preparing and doing my own self-examinations, I write the things down that troubled me from the day. Was I too prideful at this particular moment of the day? Did I hurt another person either intentionally or unintentionally? When did I let my anger get the best of me? Why did I maybe eat too much or drink too much last night? Only by being honest with ourselves, and if it's helpful, taking the time to jot down where we failed today in hopes of succeeding tomorrow, can we make the most out of our journey to the cross this Lent. And after self-examination comes repentance. And repentance is not simply saying that you're sorry for your sins and then you willfully go and keep on sinning again and again and again, doing the same thing all, all over. Repentance is making the fullest effort, the best step forward in not committing those sins again. An example that comes to mind is what many of us have dealt with with people who we know and love who abuse alcohol or have fallen into some sort of addictions like gambling. We all know that person who literally has had to be sobered up. And they oftentimes make a promise and break it before the week is out. The, I'll never take another drink or I'll never use those drugs again. And yes... They might mean it in that moment, but then the weekend rolls by and Monday comes and they might even be in worse shape than they were before. But you see, repentance is sort of like that flash that occurs for some who truly do get worried about their lives. And they realize that everything is hanging in the balance or hanging on a thread. And they do go and get help. And they join a group to stay accountable. And they avoid whatever it is that had such a firm grasp on their life. They have literally turned away from it. The Greek word in the Bible is metanoia. They have turned away. And it's the same word that we translate as repent. They have metanoia. They have turned away. That's what repentance looks like. And this is daily work. Sometimes even hourly work. Because it must occur in all of us. And I will say this. I, your priest, also have to take part in this daily work of recognition and repentance. Sometimes several times a day. And this is the work of Lent. Now yes, it seems somber and morose. And it always isn't the most fun thing to do. But like so many things... It's the necessary thing to do. We do it now to help prepare ourselves for Easter and the joys of the resurrection of Jesus. Remembering that Jesus himself went into the desert also and overcame the temptations of the world and the flesh and the devil. Fasting and self-denial is also part of the toolbox of Lent. If the journey through Lent is self-examination and repentance, then fasting and self-denial is the vehicle in which we travel. And the church does mean to fast. 
This is not a season to take something else on. And for years now, I've heard it in college, I've heard it in seminary, I've heard it all over the place. For years now, I've heard that bat fasting is just too difficult. It's just too hard. And so instead of giving something up, they're going to take something on. They're going to go and do something positive. And I get examples like I'm going to help at the homeless shelter or I'm going to volunteer at the school or I'm going to commit to mowing my neighbor's yard. Well, there's nothing wrong with any of that. And I would commend anyone who decides to take up those activities during Lent to not just do it during Lent, but to do it for the rest of the year. But you see, fasting is something different. And it's also something holy. Fasting is not just giving up food or water in order to become a spiritual superhero. And yes, Fasting is primarily about food. Fasting, giving up a meal or two a day, going without a snack, refraining from eating meat or drinking alcohol or chocolate or cheese, serves as part of the sandblasting of the soul. And it works like this. And I'm going to use an example that I'll be using this year. I'm only going to be eating one small meal a day on Mondays and Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays. On Wednesdays and Fridays, those are absolute fast days, so I won't eat at all. But then Sundays, being little feasts, being little Easters, I will eat two meals a day, lunch and dinner. And I did this several years ago. And the reason I'm doing it again this year is simple. When you fast like that, you get hungry. And when you get hungry, that's a call to prayer as clear as the bell in our tower is when it calls us to prayer. You feel a hunger pang, you find yourself feeling a little peckish, and you say to yourself, ah, it's time to pray. So then what or whom do you pray for? Well, what about starting with the people throughout the world who do go hungry? And one meal that many of us typically enjoy each day would be the dream of a lifetime to receive once. You can also pray for people in war-torn Ukraine or earthquake-shaken Turkey and Syria or the people who come to our food pantry to get supplies to make it through the next week. And if you're more sensible than I am and you gave up something like chocolate, then when you get that craving for the Snicker bar or the Oreo cookie, like the church bell that tolls before the liturgy, let it be a call to prayer. And in that case, what do you pray for? Well, for perhaps for children whom you know, starting with the families that we have in this parish now that are bringing their children. Or there is a new parish cycle of prayer with two members each day being remembered in prayer. Today, we happen to remember Steve Rainey and B.B. Robertson. Maybe take time to pray for them. Another thing that fasting and self-denial will help with is time. So often people say that they don't have time to pray or time to read their Bibles or to meditate for a few minutes on a psalm. Fasting helps with that too. If you give up sodas, learn to use the time that it would take you 
to go to the icebox and get a soda and then come back to your chair and sit down and to pop it open and pour it into a glass. Learn to use that as time to sit and just to think about the love that Christ has for you. Come observe this holy land. Do not come with half-hearted measures, but come ready to engage with all the season has to offer. Come and receive these ashes and let them remind you of your mortality, of your failings, of your sin, but also come knowing that this is still the place where love, forgiveness, and the remission of sins occur in Jesus' most holy and blessed name. Amen.